Thank you for calling Gaywire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Thank you for choosing option three. You've reached Gaywire, where everything's at least a little bit queer. My name is Shane Giles, and my pronouns are they, them. My name is Lachlan McDonald, and my pronouns are he, him. Lachlan has graciously agreed to be a guest host for this week's Gaywire, because this week, we're talking about sports. And I know a thing or two about sports firsthand. So many fantastic queer things have been happening in sports recently. The Tokyo 2020 Olympics have just wrapped up, and this year there are 182 athletes that publicly identify as LGBTQ plus in some aspect, according to OutSports. And back on July 19th, Luke Prokop of the Nashville Predators came out publicly as gay, making him the first contracted NHL player to do so. And just recently, Canadian soccer player Quinn became the first trans athlete to win an Olympic gold medal. And so, the theme of this week's episode is visibility and inclusivity in sports. With the Olympics being a huge international event, we decided to focus on what's been going on at the local level when it comes to inclusivity in sports. That's right. And so this week, two members of the Gaywire team, Terrence and I, spoke with Doug McClellan, Andy Parrish, and Joey Stefano, members of the Edmonton Rage LGBT hockey team, to hear all about the team and the reasons behind its formation. So let's just get into the interview. Sports. Sports. My name is Joey Stefano, and I'm a player for the Edmonton Rage. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, my name is Andy Parrish. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I am potentially part-time, full-time player for the Edmonton Rage. I guess we'll kind of see where it goes. Uh, go by he, him. I'm one of the co-founders with Rage with my partner, Brett Stam. Really, we just built the group for basically a safe place for people in Edmonton to come play hockey. Wherever you come from, you're always welcome on the team. So anybody out there looking to join, we're always open to you. So what is Rage Hockey? Uh, we founded it about July 2019. I remember me and my partner, we were sitting at home and we were saying, wouldn't it be nice to go back to hockey? But with all the, um, like, growing up in the past with hockey and experience, I know that there's tons of people out there where we don't feel really welcomed in that regard to hockey, especially being a more, like, male-dominant sport, I guess you would say. So uh, we were just sitting on the couch one day, and I remember my partner looked at me and he said, you know what, let's just form an inclusive hockey team. Other people have done it across Canada, United States. So uh, basically from that day, we started cold calling people, messaging people who wants to play. And then I think like 
probably I want to say about a month or two later we were having people on our rooftop at our condo downtown and that was like the beginning of the Edmonton rage so uh it's definitely pretty cool on where we've come from uh but we definitely have a lot more to go so it's super exciting could you elaborate a little bit more about what the the goal of creating rage in Edmonton was yeah absolutely so the goal for creating Edmonton rage is an inclusive safe space for people to come play hockey doesn't matter your skill level where you come from who you identify as uh what your pronouns are we're always welcome to everybody so I mean, that was the biggest thing is that we, as far as I personally know, before the Edmonton Rage, I didn't see any other inclusive teams in Edmonton, really. So uh, we definitely wanted to start that and have an inclusive group for everybody to come hang out. And I'm glad we did start it because we've met so many awesome people like uh, Joey and Andy and several others on our team. Like, it's been such a great experience. So what's community support been like for the team so far? Uh, it's been great. You know what? I was worried at the beginning, I guess, to be totally honest with you, but the community support has been, uh, unreal. Like everybody's so welcoming and opened and, uh, we've reached out to everybody as much as we can. We have lots of future opportunities that we're working on right now. I can't say too much about it, but there's lots of, uh, uh, communities and groups that we're working with towards the common goal of inclusiveness in sports so like i mean we work with uh other teams uh, not necessarily local but we do work with the calgary team and then we actually with uh that nhl player coming out in the nhl the nhl has actually reached out to us and they uh gave us a very generous donation to our group we're still working on logistics on how it's going to go but we're very excited for the future and there's lots of opportunity to grow and expand and uh do a lot more for the community so when it when it comes to inclusivity why is it important to have outwardly queer and trans inclusive environments i think it's really important because it for someone like me who grew up in a really small town there was no real opportunity or anything to look at that was at all similar to this. This was my first experience with anything like that. So it gives you the room to allow yourself to be who you are and still have those same interests that you would otherwise not be able to have. And I didn't kind of add on to that. I mean, I kind of grew up playing hockey. Like I grew up in the city, like it, there's so many different places you could go and play and stuff like that. But like, I grew up playing like girls hockey and like coming out and stuff like that. After that, it was kind of like, where, where do, where does hockey go from here? So like, I did start just playing in a men's league, but like that was like early in my transition. So it was kind of like, it kind of felt like it was like, if you don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. But as you kind of like grow into it a little bit and like, you notice like Edmonton rage popped up and it was like, okay, this is a spot where like I can go, I can play hockey and no one's going to knock me for being who I am and stuff like yeah. that. So, would, would any of you be able to share a bit more about maybe some of your experiences growing up with sports? Yeah, um, I grew up in a really small town and I started playing hockey when I was 13. So this was very, very pre-transition for me. Um, but it was... <laughs> 
once once the physical changes started happening so like once once puberty hit it was really strange playing hockey on a female team obviously um i didn't think that there would be an opportunity to play on a team where i could be seen as who i actually am when rage came along i think i was like on instagram or something and one of my friends had posted about it and I thought wow really like unbelievable and I feel like now we're starting to get to a point where it's transitioning into it being more normalized and more accepting the world is becoming more accepting all of those things are just amplifying what the rage has done and the timing is just like it's great something that I never thought though would exist truly Mm -hmm. So it's just so nice to be as a whole and be able to still express those things that are part of my past that are very important to me. Yeah, I mean, kind of, I guess, adding to that, like I did grow up playing, like, I guess more than just hockey. Like I started off with ringette, which was kind of, it's it's very similar. It's a lot of skating, but like kind of moving into hockey, it was kind of like very similar and very awkward at the same time. But this was still like early like very pre-transition me, but like moving into hockey, it kind of just like, again, fell in love with it. But like, again, on the side, you're playing soccer and stuff like that too. So it's, you're, you're seeing so many different like crowds and people and all this fun stuff. I'm like, how, how are all these people going to react if I still continue to play these sports kind of thing? But uh, again, like it was, it kind of felt like it was one of those things where it was like, don't ask, don't tell, don't, like I guess out yourself in the middle of it because it takes like it takes one one person to make your entire day out of it kind of like the Edmonton Rage has like they've taken a group of people that just make you feel like family on and off the ice but then you get the one person that says something and then it just I it can spiral out of control but I've thankfully never really come across any experiences like that and I hope I never do but it just takes I guess one person, one crowd to make or break how you see sports kind of thing, how you want to participate in it. So I think that with the rage too, it like, it alleviates that sort of that bit of pressure with that. Right. So having the freedom to actually be who we are on this team and be accepted that way, it lets you be a better player too. Like you're not really worried about, those things that you would usually be worried about, right? Because you actually have a space where you're accepted for who you are. So it really just lets you get back to the way that it was before you'd even realize that you were trans. You know what I mean? It just brings hockey back to just being hockey the way that it should be, right? Way better. Way more fun. Exactly. Yeah, you're worrying about just hockey, about having fun instead of all like the little things. Totally, because it does come with a lot of baggage, right? Like any which way you look at it. And now with society changing that way too, and like everything starting to be more open, I'm really excited about what this NHL stuff brings too. More opportunity. Absolutely. Um, So what have your experiences experience has been like working with rage so far all extremely positive for me personally um just having the ability to play hockey again was great but being able to be open like I said is brings this whole new element to it 
it's also kind of interesting because while you're going through it, um, you know, the changes in being trans and all of that, being able to express yourself fully while you're growing into yourself is, is kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this, this growth that you go with it sort of. It's been really great. No complaints. Everything's been really amazing. And I feel really fortunate because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, still look at how, how early it is for the NHL to be experiencing their first out player. Like, wow. But very happy to be here now and be able to see all of this. I can't wait to see where it keeps going. Kind of add to that. I haven't had well, I mean, I have nothing but positive things to say about the Rage. I mean, look, look, look what they've done in a span of two years mm. is just insane. Two years plus, I guess you could over. say, like, over a pandemic. Like, that's yeah. just insane. <laughs> it's like you would think, like, okay, you created your team in 2019, and then the world gets freaking shut down because of a, a pandemic that hit 2020. It's yeah. like that puts a damper on, I guess, like what you could say would have been the start of their like hockey team and like hockey careers and stuff like that, but it hasn't, they've just kept going up and up and I can't, I can't find a negative thing to say about it. And I've just like, again, I found them in 2019. I was, I, again, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this, it was like a sponsored kind of page. I was like, what is this? I clicked on it and I don't know who like runs the messaging, but I was just, I constantly texted them. I was like, do you need players? Do you need subs? <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't looked back, so nothing but positive things to say. Yeah, you know what? It's been, uh, it's kind of been a whirlwind, like uh, Andy was saying there, with our first year being 2019 and then going through the COVID pandemic, not knowing if we would be back playing hockey this year, which looks like we're going to be, so thank God. But it's been such a great experience. And you know what? For me personally, being like one of the people who co-found the rage um for me since 2019 i've learned so much i've met so many great people like andy and joey and it's just been such a great experience and it's really humbling to see everybody i guess come to us and have us help them i guess and them help us right so we're definitely learning every single day but we're extremely thankful so you've all mentioned it already, but on July 19th, Luke Prokop of the Nashville Predators, who was born right here in Edmonton, came out as gay over Twitter. This made him the first contracted NHL player to publicly come out as LGBTQ+. This is a pretty big moment. When it comes to Luke and hockey and the NHL specifically, is there anything anybody would like to comment on? Thank you. <laughs> Seriously, just thank you. Like, it makes sense with how things are changing. Uh, still very, I think we're straying away from like it being brave now and just sort of it becoming more normalized, right? So that's huge. It's huge for sports. It's huge for the gay community. It's huge for everyone. And the fact that the NHL stepped up the way that they did, massive, totally massive. It makes me really excited for what happens next again, because this gives everybody the opportunity to see it more, right? Like where rage popped up for me and, and for Andy, like on Instagram, it's the same sort of thing, right? Just collectively helping other people who are in this community 
feel safe enough to not just be who they are, but to to play sports. Like, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I again, uh, adding on a massive thank you, like, it kind of shows you that, like, it is, it's okay. Like, it, <laughs> it sounds super cliche, but it's so true that it's okay. Like, you took a massive step in your life, but you you don't have to give up the things you love, like hockey or sports or anything like that. It's just about, like, reaching out and finding a group of people or, like, a team that, like, loves you for you who doesn't care what you want to do with your life they just want to sit there and play hockey with you or sit there and play sports with you like it's just yeah, it doesn't need to be so to personal you know like yeah why does it have to be so personal like we just want to play hockey just like yeah. it's it's very simple right and I love that they're supporting um him the way that they are I also want to throw in a fun little fact that Luke and I actually went to the same high school. I graduated a few years, I think two years before he did, but, uh, and like, cause my school also had a hockey academy attached to it. I don't know how often he attended cause he was out playing in uh, Calgary with the, cool. with the WHL, but uh, yeah, fun fact. <laughs> don't know him, but super glad he, uh, he took that leap of uh, leap of faith and just, took it all in and now look where we are we have freaking nhl under our belt for crying out loud so it's it's wild and like grateful to see how how everyone has kind of just like circled around and been like yeah it's good we're good we're here yeah uh doug uh, no i would uh basically mirror what both andy and joey said i mean thank you i just think that there's so much work that still needs to be done and I just think we all need to work towards that for inclusiveness, not just in hockey, but in all sports and all aspects of the world. Just normalize it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with being used. Shane here, just cutting in to remind you that you're listening to Gaywire on CJSR. Terrence and I are speaking with Doug McClellan, Andy Parrish, and Joey Stefano of the Edmonton Rage LGBT hockey team. Because this episode is all about representation and inclusivity in sports, we're taking a brief intermission to recognize some of the inspiring queer and trans athletes that competed in the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. Some of these names you might recognize. Some of them might be a pleasant surprise, but all of these should be a source of pride and inspiration. So the first name on our Olympic queer radar, our queer dar, is Canadian soccer player Quinn. This year, Quinn made history as the first out trans and non-binary athlete to win an Olympic gold medal as part of the Canadian women's soccer team. They took home the gold against Sweden. Another notable Olympian is Laurel Hubbard of New Zealand. Competing in women's weightlifting at Tokyo 2020, Laurel made a great effort, and although she didn't win a medal, she did make history as the first out trans weightlifter to participate at the Olympics. Nesli Patacio of the Philippines won a silver medal in women's featherweight boxing this year, and the 29-year-old out lesbian dedicated her win to her country and to the LGBTQ community. 
Tom Daly of Great Britain won gold in the men's 10-meter synchronized diving alongside Maddie Lee at Tokyo 2020. Tom Daly came out as gay in 2013, and his husband watched his win from here in Canada. So those are only four of the over 180 queer and trans Olympians that competed at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Seeing LGBTQ plus Olympians, athletes competing at such a high level can be really inspiring. So if you're looking for more info on queer and trans athletes, check out the Olympic coverage on outsports.com. They've been doing a great job at curating lists of out athletes and tallying wins for team LGBTQ. So that's our brief Gaywire Olympic intermission. Let's get back to Terence and I's conversation with Doug McClellan, Andy Parrish, and Joey Stefano of Edmonton Rage Hockey. We're talking about representation and inclusivity at the Olympics in such a watershed year for queer and trans athletes. I think the importance of having trans people in the Olympics is a little, you definitely see that like it's definitely become more of a thing. I don't want to get into like technical stuff because I don't really know how, like I, I personally think it's really important. Like you see all like the, I don't have the word for it, but like the the visibility and stuff like that for trans people at the Olympics, like they can't, like you can get that far. Like you, you, you're coming out, you're being who you want to be and who you are isn't going to stop you from getting where you want to be. It's definitely a little bit more obstacles than say what anyone else would go through, but you can still get there. And like, I, it's very important. I'm so thankful that we can actually watch trans people at the Olympics. Like it's, it's wild. Like for me, like growing up playing sports, like I loved sports when I was a little kid. That's all I ever wanted to do. Like, obviously my, my career path went a little bit sideways, but I think it's just so fun to actually see trans people at the Olympics and be like, I couldn't do it, but they did it. And I'm just like, just sitting in awe at home. Like, yeah, I'm so thankful to see that. So it's the same sort of thing where it like makes it real, if that makes sense, because you spend a really long time navigating yourself and what you want and what kind of limitations sort of come with that. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So now those limitations don't exist anymore. So having people representing exactly who you are on a level of sports like that just again gives people that opportunity trans people especially that opportunity to see themselves as real people who have the same opportunities as everyone else who can play just like everybody else and be on that kind of a level it's unreal but it should be real and now it's finally becoming that way and it's it's nice to be a part of that and actually see that when it's happening at the start of it. Imagine that years from now, you know, it's only going to get better. No, I totally agree with what uh, Joey's saying. I mean, uh, I just think it's so awesome to see trans people in the Olympics and in the future, like Joey said, it's going to keep going and going and it's one day just going to be normal and we're never going to have to think about anything, hopefully, but um, we're always going to work and continue towards inclusiveness. So it's really, really, really nice to see that. What are all y'all's hopes for the future of the Olympics when it comes to queer and trans inclusivity? More of it, <laughs> more people, 
just to be able to perform on a level like that is impressive in itself. But when you represent a community that has been through so much to get on a level like that, I think that it means a lot more because you're carrying all of that with you. Yeah, like, I mean, visibility and representation at the Olympics is like one thing, but I kind of hope we just get to a point where you don't have to be like, oh, that per- that person's a trans athlete in the Olympics. Like, I hope we don't have to be like picking and choosing or like just picking out all like the trans athletes and all this fun stuff. I hope we can kind of just get to a point where they're all just athletes. We're all athletes. That's, that's what it is. Like, we're all just competing in the sports that we want to, that we want to win, that we have loved since we were in children. So I don't think um, how we identify and stuff like that should put a damper on what we want to do for sports. If we want to go to the Olympics, if we want to be able to compete, all this fun stuff, it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be limitations for like who you are versus who you want to compete for. There shouldn't be any. I totally agree with you. That makes sense. So like, at what point does it become like, trans man when does trans man become just man right yeah yeah or vice versa yeah one day one day we're getting there slowly yeah but it's changed so much already i mean right with the nhl and luke coming out that way all of these things right just progressively going towards the same thing which is exactly what you just said hopefully so looking forward, is there anything you'd like to say to anybody listening who's maybe experienced discrimination, homophobia, or, or transphobia in sports, or is worried about that happening? Mm-hmm. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop for anybody else at any point in time. I know that it gets very difficult, but eventually you find people who are part of your tribe, who see you for who you are, and those limitations that you feel, all of those hardships, they fall away. And the only thing that really matters is getting to that point. So let yourself get to that point. It's okay. Just keep going. Like you'll either you will find like a group of people or they will find you and you kind of just, it, it, it won't matter anymore. You'll kind of just be like, okay, these are my people. They understand. And you just keep going. If you like, find any issues and stuff like that it's just keep pushing through it it's like persevere like that's you've been doing it for god knows how long I mean even like the struggles in everyday life just to be a trans person or part of the LGBT community we experience so many different areas of struggling and stuff like that like you just have to push through it so just apply like what you would in like say your everyday life to your sports life and just keep going you will find a group of people that will love you for who you are and just want to play the sport that you love like we did with the Edmonton Rage I mean like it's it's nuts it's super fun I wouldn't trade it a day in the world for anything else so yeah I agree be you frick there's so many resources and people out there and there's groups like the Edmonton Rage everywhere in every city there's plenty of resources out there for anybody who needs help i mean we get so many people from instagram not even just locally in edmonton like we talk to people in the united states the united kingdom they always message us on instagram and they ask for advice and our advice is be you like don't let anyone change that be you there's always going to be people that love you and there's plenty of people like 
Andy and Joey said, that's your tribe, that's your people. And if anyone out there is struggling, I mean, always reach out to us. There's tons of local places in Edmonton to reach out to and uh, just be you. So where can people learn more about the Edmonton Rage? So we do have a Facebook group, uh, just Edmonton Rage. Uh, all of our information's on there. We also have Instagram at Edmonton Rage. Uh, there's registration forms for those who wish to join us. There's plenty of other people. If you're listening from out of Alberta or Edmonton, for that matter, there's uh, plenty of teams. If you want to join, there's hockey, there's, yeah, we just have everything on Instagram and Facebook. So, I mean, reach out. Uh, yeah. Is there anything anybody here would like to say or talk about as our final note? Thank you for this opportunity to talk to people who don't really know about it or aren't sure don't know how to sort of find out and I don't really have anything to add I again from thank you but like again it's like if you are looking into the world of sports and like you're scared to be you or something like that either like reach out again to like the Edmonton Rage or just like straight up hop on to Google man you'll find so many so many choices and like I said like if you don't find them they'll they will eventually find you like I I never went searching for the Edmonton Rage they just popped up on my Instagram one day and look where we are now so yeah be you and don't be afraid just power through it Mm -hmm. thank you so much for this conversation and having us I really appreciate it Joey and Andy taking the time out of your guys' day yeah, thank you all for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been it's been great. Thank you for having mm-hmm. us. That was Terrence Adams and Shane Giles speaking with Doug McClellan, Andy Parrish, and Joey Stefano of the Edmonton Rage LGBT hockey team about queer and trans inclusivity in sports. My name is Lachlan McDonald, and you're listening to Gaywire on CJSR. Lachlan is our guest host this week and a good friend of mine. I wanted Lachlan on the show so we could talk about sports. Sport experiences. Experiences doing sports. As a guy who played football up until high school, I definitely have some sports experiences that intersect with self-discovery about queerness. Lots of people get into football to like toughen up or prove how strong you are back in junior high, like when you're a kid. But I never really saw it that way. It was an opportunity to like, you know, dress in tight clothes, bright flashy colors, and you know, hang out with other guys my age. I wasn't really prepared for how serious football could be and the sort of hyper-masculine, bigoted environment that the sport willingly fostered. It turns out that sort of environment isn't the best for learning how to be part of, like, complex plays on the field. Instead, I was worrying about how I, you know, looked to others, if they thought I was out of place, that kind of stuff. So while I gawked at the well-put-together uniforms, I ended up knocked flat on the grass, accruing, like, numerous penalties, which, you know, isn't great for winning games. 
at some point in the few years I played, I probably should have figured out that watching football was more my thing than, like, being in the thick of it and getting hurt for what amounts to, like, looking cool and clout. I ended up leaving football uh, once I discovered my own queerness a bit better, coinciding with, like, getting sick of performing heteronormativity for, like, what amounts to a game. Who knows where I'd be, you know, with a more inclusive football league. Maybe I would still be not playing football, but, you know, I would be more secure in my own identity much earlier in life and, you know, surrounded by people who can accept me for who I am. Yeah, uh, I feel like many people have very similar sports experiences. I haven't done organized sports in any real sense since junior high and elementary school for a variety of reasons. <laughs> I didn't always dislike sports. I did soccer for a couple of years around when I was 10, uh, but once I got to grade 5 or 6, I kind of fell out of love with sports in general. So you might remember a segment we've had on the show previously, I Shoulda Known, by our very own Bethany Godreau, all about moments where we really shoulda known we were queer. This is something of an I shoulda known story. So I loved playing soccer. My mom was a coach on our team. I got to play with my friends, and there were orange slices. I was an absolute fiend for the orange slices. I would regularly get in trouble for stuffing my face with orange slices before trying to get back on the field and then having to sit out the round because apparently cramming your cheeks with the orange slices is a safety hazard. <laughs> I think another one of the reasons I liked soccer was because it was co-ed, so we had a mixed team of boys and girls. Uh, but once we got to grade five and we switched schools and for gym class, they started grouping us into a group of boys and a group of girls. And then we'd do separate activities based on whichever gender grouping we were assigned to. I never really understood why I was being made to sit with the girls and do gymnastics and stuff in the gym while the boys got to like go outside and play football or baseball. Um, it also didn't help that this was around the time where I was starting to get picked on a little bit for not dressing and acting like a girl, per se. Uh, I think, in retrospect, a lot of the reason I fell out of love with sports was because I didn't really see why I was being grouped with the girls when I didn't feel like a girl. Uh, turns out, not wanting to be a girl and not feeling like a girl is a symptom of not being a girl. So in retrospect, I really should have known. Uh, I think something that was interesting about talking to the people from Rage is that they very much emphasize that they just want to play hockey. Like, it isn't about all this, like, machismo and heteronormativity. It's just like, we just want to play hockey in a space that's inclusive and accepting to us. And I wish that I had been exposed to more of that later in my youth. Because uh, after soccer, it was just like, no, you're being grouped into girls versus boys. And as somebody who did not feel like a girl or a boy, it wasn't great. I think, you know, but that tracks with a lot of uncomfortable aspects of the way that heteronormativity is forced on um, very young kids uh, and the ways that it can make you really uncomfortable because now you have to act a certain way when you've never had to act that way before. You know, when we did a, a gym class and they were teaching us how to dance, right? That was, you can't dance with the same gender. 
that you can't for some reason. It's like, but what if I want to dance as men? Am I not allowed? Like, I don't, <laughs> you have to dance as women because they're trying to put that in your head that you have to be part of this society. Even when it's like dancing, like it's supposed to be fun, <laughs> fun social activity. God, dancing was the worst unit because you had to like be physically close to somebody and i didn't want to have to like uh i didn't want to have to like hold hands with an older dude like i'm not that's not it was very uncomfortable and then i had to i had to share this is like a normal experience i know but to me it was like traumatizing i had to change in the same room as like the other girls and so I would just change in the bathroom instead of the change room because I didn't want anybody looking at me because I was so self-conscious. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole exercise is in you're either traumatized or you think it's normal. So, like, it's not great. It's not a great outcome. Yeah. I think that's what, like, intrigues me so much about Rage and other, like, inclusive sports organizations is, like, if... If our physical education growing up had more closely mirrored, like, an inclusive environment where they didn't arbitrarily sort you based on the gender they thought you were, or they didn't split you into groups based on the gender they thought you were, or made you change with other people of the gender they thought you were, it wouldn't have been as... It wouldn't have made me fall out of love with sports, because I like going for walks and jogs and hikes and stuff like that. Like, I wish I knew how to play baseball and stuff, but it was it was uncomfortable to the point where I just kind of turned that whole side of my education off and was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to be a nerd now. I'm just going to write stuff and get into, like, journalism. This is stuff where you don't have to participate in a societal perception, and I think a lot of us f- fell back into that. Where, like, we were very, you know, in on sports or, like, physical activities. And then, you know, you run headlong into your your expectations or other your adults running these things, expectations. And you're like, you know what? I don't really want other people to decide what, what I act like. So I'm going to do things where no one is controlling it but me. So we all end up in the same hobbies at the end of the day. One thing I did like uh, about, like, doing physical education is that they made us do, like, a a a once-a-year town cleanup thing. I hated it at first because I was like, oh, they're just trying to get, like, free labor from kids. But as I get older, it's like, oh, no, we we should definitely be getting more people into just cleaning up the environment as they walk around. And, you know, teaching kids about, you know, taking care of your community is, you know, a level of education on mutual aid that is, you know, good. I think, you know, this is something you can do with your hands and it's not hard and, you know, you're helping everyone out. Yeah. Uh, Once I got to university, I started going to the gym more, uh, mostly just like for personal health and also just because I was on campus anyway. And since I didn't want to like just do nothing for six hours as I was waiting for my ride home, I would just like hit the gym. And the motivation for that was to just be strong enough to be able to do cool things. Like, I wanted to be able to lift my 60-pound dog up and, like, carry him around like a baby. I guess I just wanted to be strong for myself, you know? But, you know, sports should be like that. You know, it's something that you want for yourself because you you want it. Instead, we have many exterior factors to it, right? Instead of, like, wanting to, like you like a sport maybe you like baseball you want to learn how to hit a baseball really good and you want to do it with other people there 
but uh, you got to do all the other stuff too, <laughs> and for better or worse. I am. I will. I will admit, I'm a tad bit bitter that I didn't get to enjoy sports nearly as much as my my cisgender companions growing up. Cause it felt like there was something weighing on me that nobody else just paid any mind to, and the teachers didn't know, and I didn't have the words to explain. So I was just like, "Why do I not like sports so much?" Oh, it's just because I have to. I have to do it with. Everybody else that I know, and that's the only reason, but in retrospect, it's very much, that was around the time that puberty was starting, and I was, like, starting to develop, like, female attributes, I would say. And I did not like that one bit, and so having to, like, change with other people that were going through that, and they didn't mind, they, they thought it was, like, normal and whatever, or they were proud of it, but I wasn't, and <laughs> to make all of the sports that I experienced from that point on be viewed through that lens of, oh, I'm not comfortable in my own body, so why would I do sports with people who are? It it, it felt very alienating, even though I knew I was in a group of people that I could probably trust. I guess I just wish that other people don't have that experience, and if you are having that experience, I'm sorry that you're going through that, and I hope that we work on it more in the future to make it less jarring. I think, you know, there are more and more inclusive spaces for for people of all ages uh, nowadays. And if we had had the language to describe the ways in which we felt uncomfortable or the ways that we felt underserved, um, I think things would be a lot different because kids just don't have the words to, you know, tell people about how how they feel about that stuff. And especially when you're dealing with... Uh, issues of gender expression or identity like you're so far and away from that vocabulary that you're just gonna stay confused for a couple of years and that that sucks <laughs> there's no way around that how much that sucks um i just hope that kids don't have to go through that for very much longer uh, i'm glad that we managed to speak with rage because from what i've heard from andy and joey and doug it's it really is just a very inclusive environment where it doesn't really matter who you are or what your gender was or what your pronouns are. If you want to play hockey, you're just going to go play hockey. Uh, I kind of wish we had more experiences like that in our in our small town. And then, you know, talking about the small town way you play sports, it kind of bringing it back, right, full circle. You're meeting up with people in your community and you're playing sports with them and it's, you know, it's lower stakes and you're doing it for fun it's that thing every kid wanted to do you know you don't actually want to be in this hyper stressful environment you you want to be playing sports with your friends and people who you don't feel threatened by yeah just bring it all back (sighs) so that's all the time we have in store for our show today big thanks to our interview guests this week doug mcclellan joey stefano and andy Parrish of edmonton rage lgbt hockey for speaking with us about inclusivity in sports For more deets on Edmonton Rage, check out their website, edmontonrage.ca, their Instagram, at edmonton underscore rage, or their Facebook, Edmonton Rage LGBT Hockey. Today's episode is produced by Terrence Adams, Jao Victor Krieger, Ash Halinda, Artemis Peasley, myself, Shane Giles, and our guest host this week is Lachlan McDonald. Gaywire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Amiskwichi, Wiskayakin, or so-called Edmonton. 
Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts, and you can find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, at Gaywire and at GaywireCJSR on Instagram and TikTok. Let us know what you think of the show. Hit up the DMs sometime, or if you'd rather be fancy, you can also email gaywire at cjsr.com. And you never know, you just might get to be a part of the show. <laughs> our artwork is by Travis Erickson, and our original music is by Doug Hoyer and Catherine Hiltz. Up next, we've got some sweet queer and trans music curated by our very own Terrence Adams. So, please stay on the line. <laughs>